Hey folks, it's Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to a new episode of Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how's everybody doing out there in the beautiful, wonderful, potentially gray skies of the crowdfunding land, right? The place that I am king of. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Nobody's king of this, right? That's because it's called crowdfunding. It's for everybody. All right, I am your host, Jeff Fuzzy Wenzel, CEO of Woodshed Agency, uh, where we like to do crowdfunding campaigns, whether that's reward-based, equity-based, it could even be just a product launch or running a running a, a campaign on your own Shopify store, whatever it might be. It's, it's all about how do we get people to, to buy your thing? That simple. But this podcast is all about talking to project creators, typically while they're in the middle of a campaign. So that way we're giving you like the most up-to-date information of what these guys are doing to be successful. Guys or girls, I guess I should say. But but what are they doing, right? So that way, you know, you're not reading a blog from uh from you know from 2007, you know, 2010 and going, oh, that's what I want to do. You know, you're getting the most up to date information. And then also, if you think that you know, I don't know what I'm talking about, I'll let these guys tell you um, what they're doing. And that way, uh, you know, you'll figure out that that's what you got to do to be successfully funded. So, all right. So if this episode, if you, well, let me sit back up. If you're somebody that listens a lot, and maybe this episode sounds a little bit weird, it's because I am coming to you from the new home office. That's right. The new Death Star is built for all you Star Trek fans out there. That was an inside joke. I don't really watch Star Wars very much, so I like to play a lot of inside jokes. I think that's Star Wars, right? Death Star? Death Star? Maybe you guys can send me an email and correct me. That would be amazing. Um, and right now, I'm talking to you. I'm on my, uh, I'm on my AirPod Pros because I don't have my podcast recording system quite set up yet it's coming you know it's you know, little bits here and there but uh, i am officially in in the new office um we're gonna do a little bit more construction work in here we've got this like big gigantic desk that's like connected to the whole room it's gigantic but there's only one spot for somebody to sit so it's like if you ever seen the office i have like a mega de- uh, megatron desk right it's just like gigantic it's i got four big cupboards around me in this gigantic desk, but there's only one spot for somebody to sit. So really not doing a great job of uh, taking up space. But so I'm saying all this because yes, the other thing is officially we are in this house. It, it, it has all happened Wednesday. I'm signing just the paperwork. It's all done. It's just the paperwork sitting there to be signed. So that's Wednesday. Yeah. Got that going on, which is amazing. Uh, I, honestly, the house is in really good shape right now. Yesterday, shout out to uh, the Neils for coming over and helping me re- uh, get some uh, baseboard heats uh, heaters in. We did that. Well, they did that. I held the flashlight because that's like my specialty. Um, but like, I, it's it's like a nice, comfortable temperature in my office. Got the, the TVs installed. The couch is hooked up. The lights are everywhere. Uh, I just got this new monitor. I got to tell you this. I have, I'm never going back to the two monitor system. I just picked up this, this, uh, and this is an absolute plug right now. I picked up this 34 inch curved monitor from model price for like 250 bucks. And it's called hip HIP. I don't know what that stands for. And I don't even know. I don't know who makes this monitor. I don't know where it comes from, but like, it's awesome. I, I, it's, 
it's as big as like the two monitors together. There's no weird middle that's open. There's no, uh, you know, there's no edges and it's, it's rounded. I'm, I'm staring at it right now and I'm like, dude, this is awesome for the amount of money. This is like the way to go, man. It's clean. If you know, plugs, you know, plugs in HDMI, nothing fancy about it, but man, I'm in love with this thing right now. Honestly, I can't tell you, I, I, this is like one of the better purchases. This is, I guess maybe this is my own Christmas present, right? So yeah. So again, like I said, officially moved in. I mean, couches are in the right spot. Chairs are in the right spot. Move some stuff out of the office to bring it here. Kids are all in. Everything's in. I've had fires in the fireplace because the chimney's all in good order. It's it, man. I'm at a new address. Yeah, it's all right. Still doing little stuff. Got to put some blinds up in the office. That'll probably happen today. This is how adult I've become. I'm getting some firewood delivered today around three o'clock. So I'm going to go make this uh, uh, firewood rack holder thing for the garage so that we can have firewood here all the time. Yeah, I mean, how adult does all this stuff sound? (sighs) But I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot of work. If you guys are regular listeners, you guys know. Uh, been been battling to get this thing done. <laughs> Absolutely battling. Um, but it's here, you know? It is here. You know, I'm going to give you some more big information. There is a new member to the Wenzel house. We'd like to welcome Buddy the dog uh, into our life. We adopted a dog on Saturday. He is an American bulldog, potentially mixed with maybe some Dalmatian or something. I'm not 100% sure. He might just be all American bulldog. I, I don't know. I keep going back and forth. We don't really officially know quite yet, but pretty awesome dog. He is, we found out he is uh, four months older than Neve, so he is actually seven and a half. Got his birthday the other day. Um, and the original owners, you know, they're in their mid-80s, and they've had some trouble taking care of uh, of him. He, they just couldn't. He's, he, I'm not gonna lie, he's stocky. He's, he's, he's solidly built, right? And um, so they had, like I said, they had some trouble taking care of him. They reached out to one of their neighbors who's friends with my mom. And they basically, we got convinced that we should bring home this dog. So Saturday night, picked him up, surprised the kids and boom. Hey everybody, here's Buddy the dog. Um, yeah, so I got a new dog. And this dog is like literally just r- rolled in and is like cool as a cucumber he is um you know like literally tells you when he's got to go out tells you when he wants to eat um just chills sleeps in your bed you know gets right up night one you know he's in bed uh taking covers just like this is my house man uh school gets jumps in the car we went to a pet store yesterday walked around he was cool there honestly he's just a pretty chill cool dog you know, uh, so pretty happy there. The kids are going bonkers here. They are, uh, super, super excited. Um, so, I mean, I don't think I can fit much more big changes in a 45 day window in terms of, you know, officially moving, doing a ton of repairs in this house. Um, uh, kids are homeschooling, moving offices around, uh, I mean, it's just been everything. It's just been a whirlwind. And this is our last week of work for the year, right? So we usually take the last, you know, 10, uh, 14 days or so off, you know, basically the end of, end of December into early January. There's not much to be doing in crowdfunding, that much to be doing for client work, just kind of tying up loose ends and stuff. Um, so I'm not going to lie, I'm excited for Friday to get here so I can unplug a little bit and actually just chill out, just enjoy this new, uh, you know, all the new stuff around us, right? Just kind of chill out. 
But man, how about all that? Lots of changes over here. One wins away version 2.0. And at the end of the day, the monitor is still, it's just, it's like the best thing. <laughs> uh, good thing my family doesn't listen to any of this stuff. They don't listen to the podcast. So get that going for us. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Um, yeah. 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 Christmas is right around the corner. Can you believe that? Oof. Right around the corner. I'm excited though. I'm excited. I think Santa's going to be pretty cool to the kids this year. Got some cool stuff. Hopefully they like it. Um, oh, I also, you know what I did? I did a bit. I did a big step. Took the old, uh, my old late eighties, early nineties. I think it is my old Taylor acoustic that I have wrote tons and tons of songs on. And it sounds beautiful when it's recorded that I hid away under my bed. I hid it away when, uh, I gave the two middle fingers to this music business world that I've been in for so long. I, uh, I hid it away and I did not want to see it. No more. Well, I got it out and it needs some love. I'm not going to lie. It's been sitting under my bed, dusty. It's been in this case, but it's been full of dust. Um, strings are probably a decade old on it. Probably a little less, maybe eight years old on it. And I took it to this guy, Tom Pellerito. Shout out to him. He works on my, well, worked on my guitars. I haven't seen him in a decade because I haven't needed any uh, guitar work in a while. Send it to him. I'm going to get that thing all fixed up. Yep, going to get it all fixed up. I might start playing a little bit. I don't know when. But uh, I felt like that might be a nice little gift for myself, too, is to get the old, uh, the old guitar back out. Yeah. So, we've got an amazing episode, by the way, today. I think I forgot to mention that earlier. So, if you guys have stuck through this part, awesome. Awesome. But I'm going to tell you, this interview, outstanding. I'm going to be talking to Martin Willers here. He's from the company, um, or I should say the Kickstarter project, uh, Light Speaker. And these guys make these portable um, uh, portable sound and light experiences. It's like, it lo they look like lanterns. I don't know, you know, again, this is a challenging thing when you see new products, right? So this looks like a lantern, but it's got a speaker in it. But the, uh, there's a light in it that makes it look like a flame. Uh, so it's like a Bluetooth speaker. It's awesome. And these guys make speakers, right? So like, this was an amazing conversation because I was like, dude, I'm going to talk to speak people that make speakers. That's like, you know, right up my alley considering what I just talked about. Um, but what was intriguing is like Martin's got a really um, amazing outlook on sustainability for companies, um, how to be circular in terms of your product and design. He's got a name, a, a term for it. I'm spacing on it at the moment, but um, I, man, I, it would be amazing if everybody making products, um, uh, you know, applied Martin's, um, you know, mindset to it because it is about saving the earth. You know, they're from, uh, uh, over from there. I think, yeah, let me double check here, but yeah, they're, they're from Sweden. So we got to, we talk, they are so into design particular could be a good way to describe it, but like they are going after a very specific uh, type of, of campaign, type of project, and they're doing great, man. So 22 days to go, $44,000 goal. They're at 148,524 backers. So the campaign is going to, it's just going to be an absolute home run for these guys. And, um, you know, it's super, super excited that I got the chance to talk to them. This is their, um, third, third campaign. I think they have four created, you know, they've made some early mistakes in the beginning, which we'll talk about in this interview, but, um, but yeah, they, uh, 
yeah, these guys are just kicking butt, man. And amazing, amazing products. I, I can't stress enough. Like I really jumped into, um, to the point where I was like, man, they've got these like transparent speakers. So they're like made out of this glass, which again, hard to describe, hard to explain, but man, do these things look sweet. Um, so again, I recommend going and really diving into their world. Uh, the company's called Transparent. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, these guys are just doing some amazing, amazing stuff. So again, this this conversation was you know, really inspiring for me to, to have, um, you know, where it's just more about, you know, just selling a product to somebody. It's a much bigger conversation than that. And, and I hope it's what people are, um, thinking about when they're making their products. Right. So like, again, we, we got really into the weeds of just product design, um, you know, and again, how to approach Kickstarter successfully, how to go after this, but, um, you know, again, bigger picture than that. So, like I said, this conversation was just inspiring for me to have as well. And I'm, I'm excited to be able to share this with you. So with all that said, why don't we go ahead and kick my conversation with Martin and uh, let's talk about speakers. Who doesn't want to talk about speakers? I know I do. Here's my conversation. Martin, the red light's on, so it's go time. This is when uh, all the pressure starts to set in. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm very good. I'm very relaxed. Very good. Okay, cool. Well, let's do a quick sound check for my listeners here. Um, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Um, I have my favorite. My kids call it the dad cereal, but it's uh, a special K. It's called here in Sweden, but it's just one of those uh, not too sugary ones. But okay. uh, with, um, yeah, cured no milk. No marshmallows on it? Specialty. Does it have marshmallows um, in none of that stuff? Uh, no, no sugar. Like I, I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, uh, I, I fail the donut test every time, so we can't okay. have stuff like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, instead of talking about um, sugar and what we can and can't eat as dads now, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell my listeners kind of who you are and what you're doing uh, over on Kickstarter right now? Um, yeah. So uh, my name is Martin. I'm uh, I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of a company called Transparent. Um, operating out of Stockholm, but also running a daughter company in the U.S. Um, we have just uh, launched our third product on Kickstarter, which is called the Light Speaker. Kind of goes into a new domain for us. Our two previous products were uh, for kind of the living room or, a, or or the kitchen. And this is a portable speaker, but the main thing, it also includes light. So it, mm-hmm. it uh, adds that add, um, another sense to the vocabulary, so, so to say, for us. So uh it's been very interesting for us to launch it and, and get the initial 500 backers and reactions and yeah that's very cool so i guess for the people who haven't seen it or can't visualize it kind of what, what does this look like i mean there's a lot of portable speakers out in the market in the world but you know what does yours look like how do you kind of describe it to people uh so they can kind of get a sense of it uh, I'm, I'm uh, holding it in my hands now and looking at it. So uh, the main thing people call it is a lantern because it has this optional handle and, and where it can hang down under your hand. And uh, the, there's a glass cylinder with the, with the light element in. And we made a lot of efforts to make that light element really like look like a real flame, like mm-hmm. a live flame. 
so uh, the lantern metaphor is the strongest one to describe it to someone who hasn't seen it, but it is a modernist take. It's it's minimalist in its form, uh, and um, the, there's uh, one element on the top side of the uh, glass cylinder that provides the full range audio that goes out kind of like omnidirectionally from a, from the curved dome shape. And then on the bottom uh, of the cylinder, there's a base element, uh, the passive woofer, where we kind of made an invention. So the light element sits in this woofer, and when you play it, it actually vibrates that light to add another level of kind of animation to, to, to kind of marry the light and sound experience. Um, so um, yeah, that, that's it. It's a, it's a portable, quite small lantern for uh, perfect to put next to your barbecue or you know uh, put on your balcony but also maybe for a small adventure once you're allowed to go on them <laughs> yeah once the world <laughs> opens up again <laughs> yeah very cool very cool so what starts the process for you guys i mean i know again third campaign you have other product lines where is sort of the start of this where you're like you know what we should make something portable or for camping or barbecuing or go set where, where does that sort of start in your guys's journey it's a super uh, functionalist uh, uh, approach we have. It's it's really like, okay, what what's the end result here? What does successful look like? Uh, what what's the experience we want? You know, how should you feel about this? And mm-hmm. our first product was getting people dancing in the living room. Uh, so so that 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 uh, told us we needed a woofer that's six point five inch, and that woofer needs ten liters of air. So our first product was a ten liter box closed to make the sound as detailed as possible that you get when you tune it to a closed enclosure uh, and uh, and the reproduction should be as transparent as possible which means that the sound should come off as a studio recording or monitor sounding yep. so that's what we wanted a clear sound not like the beast by rage sound where you really unfit up too much but still strong enough to get people dancing in your couch that was the first brief so then the second speaker we did was like okay i'm cooking i'm having two kids the dishwasher is on how i need a speaker there where 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 i can hear my music or podcast while doing all this stuff so uh, and that also true for most small apartments Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas you might not want to disturb your neighbors with something that gets people off your couch so then we made a smaller volume speaker that's perfect for that kind of setting and we also um made it upgradable so you can put in an Alexa Echo input and have the voice control mm-hmm. when you're cooking pasta. Um, and uh, the third one we made now, it's really like the, the the remaining use cases around the house to me is the bathroom. Uh, so when you put this on and take a bath, it really creates this spa experience. Uh, if I'm having like a conversation in the uh, uh, with my wife in the bedroom, it's perfect to put this on. Our kids actually sleep in the same room. So uh, w- you know, it's you don't have to put all the lights on, but you can create this kind of cozy sure. micro environment. Um, and uh, we, uh, if you have a balcony, it's perfect to take video outside or barbecue. So, so this kind of portability around the home, we felt there wasn't something that was clearly made for that. Mm. And uh, the light uh, felt like a natural thing to add in a lot of those use cases, like in in your bathroom. Um, there's either really strong light that makes you kind of see your face in the morning or there's nothing at all, basically. Right, right. So this is really like good for, for those in-between scenarios. Yeah. So it sounds like what you guys do as a company is really sort of make that buyer persona or that customer persona of like, this is who we think is going to use this. And I think that's a crucial thing for a lot of startup companies. I wonder how much they're sort of floating around and going, oh, everybody will use this. 
but really in your product, it sounds like it's an audiophile person, right? Like there's somebody who cares about good audio. They, you know, they're, they're not just trying to listen off their iPhone, you know, their iPhone and, you know, they, they want a better experience. It, sound, it seems like, so are you guys always consciously thinking about that, that buyer persona, that customer journey of like, this is who our person's going to be, who would want this thing? We do, we do. And, and uh, to be honest, the audiophile doesn't buy us that much because if, if an audiophile looks at a speaker with our design, they're going to say, it's no way it can sound good if it's made out of glass. Mm-hmm. There's no way uh, that handles standing waves, which is a right. very nerdy acoustic phenomenon in a good way. Uh, they will go up to our speakers at audio fairs and put a finger on the backside and say, I can notice some vibrations. I mean, so the audiophile actually hasn't been a very, but our ambition is audiophile because we, right. it's just like cooking. Everyone can taste good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone can hear if the sound is really good. So we think it's a, a given that we should invest a lot of time and we tune our DSP, which is the digital sound processing yep. that makes your laptop sound good in our speakers. And that really blows people's minds and everyone that has our speaker loves to sound. But uh, people buying it, they just see it, right? Mostly buying online these days. So right. they can't really get that from the product design. So actually people buying our product is mostly people that care about design and their interior space mm-hmm. and really feel like my interior space is a reflection of who I am. And this shows that I care about uh the design and the sound. So they're a marriage. Of so, so we sell really well in interior design stores rather than like the typical audio, um, you know, tech it, stores. Right, right. So that's interesting. Now, was that something that uh, way back when you started this, you knew in your mind or were you still thinking like, we're going to make the best sounding speaker on the planet? Or like, what, what was your that sort of initial concept in your mind? Um, we The initial concept was actually a blog post uh, uh, way back, 11 uh, in November 2011. <laughs> uh, that, you know, so like will be 10 years ago next year. Uh, and uh, and the, the main, there was two main ideas in that blog post. The first was this war going on with our decor, uh, with technology objects. Most of them are still like these blinking spaceships. Okay, you put yeah. some cloth on, but like what's inside? It's like an alien right. concept. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't look like a design furniture to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one part that we felt was uh, kind of missing in the equation. Second one was sustainability. So it's like, mm-hmm. why are these so planned for obsolescence? Meaning like, we know it's going to be replaced in two years. It's right. better just be a hundred bucks because then I know I can buy a new one in, in right. three years. Yeah. Why wouldn't the investment be more like a few hundred bucks and it will last a li- lifetime? Right. You know, How can we electronic products be like design furniture uh, in that sense, uh, longevity and, and modularity and repairability. So mm-hmm. those two concepts were the key concepts. And uh, I think we had quite a like a IKEA approach to do it for a lot of people when we, mm-hmm. we did our first Kickstarter. So our, our, our retail price was way lower. We had very low, uh, little experience of manufacturing products for ourselves. We were running a design consulting where we did consumer electronics for other people. So we weren't totally on... Familiar with what goes right, into it, right. but but have never want, made something ourselves. So what we discovered was that um, making glass and aluminum to the quality <laughs> we demanded was quite expensive. I'm so sure. it went from being um, somewhat affordable to quite a premium price point, and that's something that we are still you know struggling a little bit with uh, because we want to make our products accessible for a lot of people. Right. So next year we will actually pilot a rental program where it's more like a service so you can get our a student could afford to to buy our products on a monthly basis. Hmm. Uh, so 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 we're still want our goal is not to make some some you know we don't want to make 
sustainability is something for the rich. You know, right, we want to right. make product that, that could go into anyone's life. Uh, but but reality is what it is, and mm-hmm. and as long as we can't uh, make an even more efficient production and circular production, uh, our price point will will end up being quite premium by those kind of quality choices. Yeah, that's interesting. I just read a, uh, a fascinating article on how bad uh, the original AirPods are for the environment, that they are all dying after like X amount of battery charges, that, that like they drop, you know, you used to be able to wear them for three hours a day. Now you're just like one hour a day and you got to recharge them. And at some point you just get tired of them and you throw them out because, you know, it's whatever, it's 149 bucks. And I'm like, what's going on, Apple? Like, you know, and I, and I know what they're talking about because my other ones, I was like, these things suck, man. They're already dead, you know, like. They're now not a good product after two years of having them, you know, and we're just going to throw them away in the garbage. And that sucks, you know. The time for repairability is something where I really like, uh, it's the number one critique to them. And I mean, uh, yes, if their AirPods was a startup, it would be one of the world's largest startups. So they're they're more like a country state at this mo- moment, like they're buying aluminum mines in Australia. You can't judge them as a fellow company. <laughs> right. Uh, so, but like, it is a true disappointment for me. They launched uh, their new headphones recently. And yeah, I saw that they're too. not made by recycled aluminum, even I if know. they can do it. And they yeah. don't have replaceable batteries, even if there's two different batteries in each air cup that to me is unethical and i i I mean uh, how could you be at that scale and not make those moves when you can't make right so even if they are doing some things that are progressive in the sense of sustainability you can't really think that this is the best they can do yeah so um I, I, and that upsets me even more when they try to sell you things like not including a charger as a sustainability initiative. <laughs> right. You know, so so I, I think they're really like uh, they're lacking leadership in some of those points. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's been it's been an interesting uh, watching them for the last three or four years. So how do you guys um, just keep walking that fine line though between sustainability, great design? giving a still giving a great product not cutting a corner because it's, it's a tough thing and and one of the things i thought was great on your kickstarter is i see a lot of campaigns who emphasize too much on the sustainability right like it's like the whole campaign is about how we're saving the oceans and then the product is buried in the bottom so it's like well what am i buying <laughs> you know but you guys don't do that but you still have it a part of your mission and i think that that's an interesting fine line that you guys walked and just walk me through like those conversations how you were talking about it with your team and how do you express that to the public yeah, I think uh, it becomes most powerful when when it's part of the brand. Uh, we're called transparent, and we 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 want that to be a persona in the sense that uh, people actually trust us to be transparent as a company in terms of how we communicate. That we're eye level with people. Uh, that's part of our DNA from coming from Kickstarter. That you provide these mm-hmm. kind of very transparent updates on production problems that you never hear from any other company because that's right. like <laughs> in the a secret closet of problems <laughs> that you want, don't want to talk about. Uh, so, so I think that generates uh, a platform uh, for a much truer relationship where we can be honest about challenges because there are millions of channel- challenges into getting to a 1.3 uh, you know degree goal of not burning up the planet and uh, and also like creating circular business models. Th- those mm-hmm. are super challenging tasks uh, right. from where we are today and how society is set up. So, so I think that creates the first point. Like, okay, let's look at these problems together in transparency. You know, like that. That then we can have a dialogue, uh, and then being honest about the challenges that we're facing uh, for us. The number one thing that I think people understand that we're doing and 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 that makes it accessible is that. The number one thing from consumer electronics 
to reduce the environmental footprint in the sense, uh, you know, saving precious resources is extending the lifetime. So it's very clear what we've done there. We invested in materials that will last and that are recyclable. And we do the actual industrial design in the sense that it's modular and upgradable. Mm. So all those things checks a lot of boxes where it where it enables a product that could potentially last forever, uh, but at least hopefully will last as as long as it should in your life. Right. Uh, and uh, that, that, so that has been our number one thing, and it correlates with the number one thing we can do as an electronics brand. So that yeah. in itself creates some level of like, okay, that's clear. You know, it's not a lot of fluff. We're not talking about a carbon footprint that's hard to relate to. Is it one right. or one million trees that we're sort of offsetting somewhere in a forest that you've never been? You know, right, right, right. Tricky stuff. So um, then the next level for us is now, uh, okay, we've done that. And I think people do trust that we're on that journey um, mm-hmm. and, and that it's clear. The next step is actually getting to a circular business model where it's like, how well do we take care of, and we're still generating generating electronic trash at the end of the line right. of that use cycle. How well are we taking care of our footprint? And are we doing that in a business model that's actually circular and sustainable, both from a I mean, people, planet, profit perspective, we at the end of the day cannot run an operation if we don't pay our staff decent salaries. So that profit aspect cannot be completely forgotten either. Mm -hmm. And uh, to circle back to how Kickstarter campaigns deal with these issues, I think it's tricky. Uh, For example, with our second product, the the small transparent speaker, um, we made a kind of a big effort on talking about the big pile of consumer electronic trash, being dumped and not being handled. And we just felt, you know, that's not a good purchasing experience. At the end of the day, you're looking at a speaker to create happiness in your life, you know. Right. And right. if we spend 80% of our time talking to you about not making you happy about the state of the planet, <laughs> you know, it's really tricky to create a good relationship together. Right. Like, it's, right. it's like a bad date. Like, okay, yeah. I hear that you care about this, but I, I don't want to... Talk about something else as well, <laughs> apart from the environment. Like, how are you? Right. You know, so it's, um, uh, I, I think uh, it's tricky to deal with as a brand. I think we've done it in a way where it makes sense in, in terms of really aligning our company vision, being the first circular tech brand is our vision. And this, I'm not sure we're going to be there. But yeah. it's, it, it shows you that we want to be the Patagonia of consumer electronics, that we really sure. talk about it as founders, as the people who make decisions in this company. So it's on the forefront of our thinking. And then uh, our mission, you know, to make things last in your life, that's a commitment that we have to con- consumers that I think they feel is real. Yeah. Uh, and, and that we put money behind, so to say, that we, we make it hard for ourselves. Uh, and then thirdly, to make our products, our, our you know, unique selling point is timeless modular electronics. So timeless, that's a tricky thing as well. Like, yeah. But that goes counter to planned obsolescence. You know, we, we, we're we not making a thing now that we're going to try to get you to throw away in three years and buy another one. Right. Uh, rather, like, one of the line of products that, you know, we could take care of all your needs, in a sense, uh, in your home and create an ecosystem, but not, like, throwing away things. <laughs> right. So, uh, and then... Uh, Modular, yeah, that I talked on that point, and uh, electronics, yeah, that's what we do. So that's, but it's it's good to create that level of clarity. Then you take away a lot of the stuff. So um, I just I actually talked about these topics specifically with Kickstarter running our campaigns that they as a platform need to make these things more uh, included somehow in the 
in the general base, right. just like risk and rewards. Like how yep. is this project actually, and uh, I've been part of putting that last category of questions now in the bottom of each tech and design project um, that asks those general questions that everyone should you know, talk yep. about. And yep. you know, how will this be shipped? How will this be manufactured? What are you doing, et cetera. So now, uh, you know, those questions are there. And um, and I, I think it's great because now that's a, that's more like the contract that only right. like a very small percentage of the world will read. But those who care, they can actually start comparing projects yep. and getting this kind of benchmark sustainability, which we should expect from everyone going. Sure. And, uh, and it is, even in those questions, like um, how are you working with sustainable manufacturing? There's nothing that's sustainable about manufacturing. You need to sort of basically chop down woods to get the factory there. Right. It's run on energy that's typically not sustainable. And then you're taking, you know, minerals and resources from the earth. None of that, like, you know, environmental friendly. No one's hugging a tree. You yeah. know, there's nothing friendly going on. It's very industrial. Uh, so yeah. so we, the language we have about these problems is still unmature. And I hope yep. really the next 10 years will change that. And, yeah. and the global kind of feeling we have from all being hit by a virus will create this global immune system to corporate bullshit about environmentalism yeah. as well. And that will like get in this together and like really start talking about it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, that's exciting. I mean, it's exciting that where you got where, like the passion that you're putting behind, not, it's not just a speaker. It's got all this other weight behind it, behind the scenes that we're working on because it seems like that's just such a great mission. So I, I'm the light speaker itself. Like what's the timetable from we're going to make this to what I'm looking at right now on Kickstarter for you guys? It's so painfully long. I come from a design background and <laughs> my, my co-founder is a designer. Uh, I typically like he comes with a, a he, he has to like the like once we kind of greenlit a prototype or any anything mm -hmm. he has to come with a plan all the way reaching to market and uh, I always multiply that plan by three because he he <laughs> is a creative in his head he can see he he can see perfectly clear like how how that's gonna happen but then reality hits I, I'm yeah. typically the one like uh, well he's faced with production he he's actually in the trenches with all the engineers, but I'll, by, by, but I also manage a lot of the reality aspects of shipping boxes around the world. <laughs> right. Being, yeah, I mean, we were caught in the wildfires two weeks in the, in the port of, in California. We were yeah. caught in the Belarus uprising for two oh, weeks right, because right. we were shipping things with trains over Russia and they changed trains in Russia to European with, and the, the, the container was stuck there. Like everything that you can imagine happening in real life, when you move physical things, it's incredible. Like you're, yeah. it, that you know, it, it is uh, hard. So uh, timelines are, uh, you know, um, all models are wrong, but some are useful. Uh, you know, it's it's you have to commit, to, uh, and we have to communicate now when we're distributing to stores that they're they're you know planning campaigns and so putting that puzzle down is tricky. And uh, so typically, it starts with us having a bunch of concepts uh, in this. We knew we wanted to make a portable speaker. We were, um, you know, uh, unsure. We we made concepts that were uh, included uh, glass and this kind of signature thing. And, mm -hmm. uh, and um, the, the, this one just got this quite strong DNA of the lantern. It's an object that we know hangs around for decades in right, in the right. Swedish archipelago. People have an emotional relationship to that product, which enhances the like probability of people keeping it for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So so it felt like a pretty strong metaphor, but then 
we didn't want to make a lantern copy. So actually it comes with the handle unassembled because it's more likely in how people are living that it will be quite stationary, that right. people will put it in that spot where they listen most often and they won't use the portability. Um, so so uh, um, uh, it's interesting, like you find things out by prototyping. And I think in the case of this product, it was probably like from... Uh, like from a bunch of concepts to when we had had the light, I had the eureka moment of calling it the light speaker. It's a very <laughs> strong and clear name. I, yeah. You know, we try to tell it like this. So from that eureka moment to to where we are today, it's probably one and a half years, and it's probably wow. two years and we initiated concept. Yeah, yeah. Over that over that period, what would you think is the or what would be the thing that was keeping you guys up at night the most? Like as you're going through this process, you're making prototypes, you're going through it all. What are you just like, man, we really got to make sure we get this part right? Uh, it, to be honest, from my end, uh, it, it's the the, the quality, uh, cost and time kind of mm-hmm. equation. So yeah. um, there is always like so much you can do in a product. And at some point you have to sort of spec it down and not do everything. Right. Um, so, so getting, um, uh, we, we're so ambitious when it comes to design. So we're doing a lot of things behind the scenes, like the tooling for the aluminum now yeah. and the dome thing, it, it's tricky. And right. we're, we're, you know, it's something that Apple can tackle with unlimited resources, but we being a five people team, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's, uh, those are the, the main, like what, what battles are we winning with this product and what are right. we leaving as not prioritized yeah. and then really sticking your guns to that because it does demand a very strong commitment from us to, to, to actually get it into reality. That's cool. Um, so how, how much are you using like the, the crowd in that process, I mean, you've done. Crowd, I mean, obviously, crowdfunding is a part of your uh, your uh, your ecosystem as well. Are you using the crowd to sort of push, you know, go go with this type of handle, not that handle, or this color, not that color? Are you using that at all with surveys or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah we are. Um, uh, actually, our latest update on the Kickstarter page was really run by us sending out a survey. Uh, and finding out what kind of feature were people looking for to improve it, and I, I'm happy to say that 56 or 8 percent thought it was perfect already. So more than <laughs> nice. half, which is a good sign. That's great. Yeah, and, yeah. and people also get the product. No one's saying like put disco lighting in right. it or make it plastic to make it cheaper or whatever. Right. Like those those things, that makes me very happy. But uh, there was, uh, you know, improve with waterproofing, you know, um, the, the like make the light stronger. Uh, interesting inputs that we can like then, uh, you know, get some level of... Uh, uh, commitment to uh, like, okay, this does seem like something we really should have strong answers to. Uh, yeah. Can we make it better? Why not? If we can, how much does it cost? Typically, making a product better in those dimensions is about costs. Uh, right. You know. Right. So, um, what, was it uh, so easy for that. you guys? Was it easy for you guys as a company to to be that open from the beginning? Because I know some people. And I, I coach a lot of startup companies are just like, no, I don't want to talk to anybody about this. Not yet. Nobody can see it yet. It's not perfect. Like, or were you guys always from day one, like, yes. let's, let's take it all in, you know? There's a lot of locking in effects in the window when you actually have something that's finalized enough to have that discussion and we have to commit to shipping it at certain dates is very slim typically because, mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds like forever one and a half years, but then once you hit that, it's quite like, you, 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 the ship dates have to happen quite soon and a lot of pressures on to just like produce the product. Right, right. Uh, so, so that window is quite limited and it was a, 
we had the, the latest round of samples delayed due to crazy Corona year a mm-hmm. bunch of times. So we were getting like right into the middle of Christmas when it's a, not a good time to launch this right. discussion. And it was get, getting quite close to like Black Fridays and other events where you just washed out by people spending billions of dollars on Facebook and like <laughs> yeah. yelling at yeah. you. Yeah. So, so uh, but we, we really wanted to crowdfund it at the stage where we could still feasibly make a change, you know, yeah. like where could tweak something. Mm-hmm. So, so that was a hard push. And uh, like I said, that window is typically just a few weeks. Uh, so now I'm really happy that we did it that way. And I think it's a very strong power of crowdfunding generally that you have that dialogue and eye level that I was talking about, that we as a company make the effort to include perspectives like that. But I noticed actually this time, if I compare it to the first Kickstarter we did, we had a really engaged uh, like if I would ask that question, I would have, you know, 20 comments. Right. Now 120 people did answer the survey, which I think is good. But yeah. now when I wrote the Kickstarter update about it and asked like, please vote for blah, blah, blah. I got like two comments, uh, which hmm. is uh, interesting because I think email over the last, you know, whatever it is, five, eight years has just, people don't, they're, they're like delete. where do people engage? We should have like a TikTok yeah. group with me yeah. like doing a, a small quick video of it or yeah. maybe it should have been through a, a podcast like this one, mm-hmm. uh, a, a more of a dialogue um, forum. So so it's interesting to see, also see like uh, how do you engage with our audience and community? Um, I mean, maybe some to some degree the Kickstarter platform is lagging now with the tools that are yep. the most uh, eff- efficient in terms of discussing this. So, yeah, we've been uh, moving. We've been moving a lot of people over to Discord uh, to have actual like like it's me. I'm in a Discord channel. I'll talk crowdfunding all day if you you know you're really talking to me. You know, um, so maybe it is moving people into those types of channels where community is about it and it's a, you know it's about quick just a quick comment, not a perfect post, you know? Um, but yeah. So what are you looking for in the prototype to say, all right, we're ready to film this, you know, make, take photos of it. You know, we're going to put this up to the public. What are you looking for in that prototype to say, I think we're good to go on this. I mean, uh, it's a, it has to be work, like look like prototype. And and uh, there's a bunch of things, you know, like uh, the one that we had in the Kickstarter movie is probably this one that I'm holding right now. And the cost of these samples when they're made out of materials like aluminum and stuff and the tooling is infinity is quite high. So mm-hmm. there's a financial aspect of like how many can we make? Right. Is it good enough to send to another, like now with Corona and having press not, you know, we can't travel. <laughs> how do we mm-hmm. engage people in hands-on reviews? And is it good for hands-on re- reviews? We still feel like we're tuning like the sounds for Bluetooth and the light is being tuned. So it's not like really, we're not totally comfortable just giving this to someone because it's right. still 20% off the final impression if you yes, like handle it. But uh, we are, uh, in terms of industrial design, very close to the final thing. And people generally won't notice any differences. Yeah. Uh, in, so so with our eyes that are very trained to see things, we would probably say it's like uh, 5% left in tuning things. Right. But most people wouldn't notice, uh, you know. Uh, so um, I think it's, it, it needs to be, uh, you know, uh, something that, that's a good representation of what you get. So, so there's no big gaps. Uh, in functionality, I mean, obviously with a movie, you can cut it or, you know, uh, maybe, you know, simulate the actual experience uh, yeah. a little bit. Uh, 
I think it was very hard with this product because it's not like a strong functional light that you use like a lantern in the sense that, oh my God, right. boats can <laughs> navigate from this lantern. You know? uh, right. it, it's a cozy lightning. I don't know how, how much you know about lightning in Stockholm, but like now we haven't had sunlight for 10 days. You know, right. it's really- uh, like I'm in Detroit. Working. We have six, we have like six months without sunlight. So I'm in it where I'm like, all right, it's light today, but tomorrow it'll be gray skies for like- but does the sun go down at two o'clock in the afternoon? It doesn't do like, that, but it is just gray uh, you know, skies. It's, it's just dreary where you're uh, just like... No one's trying to compete with Stockholm. <laughs> I've been immediately, are you like in Alaska? Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have that. You're right. It's just gray skies here all the time. So but but the thing is, generally, if you talk about northern degrees in the world, in the, on the globe, uh, it's actually snowed this time of year. But because of the Gulf Stream, it's so mild now. When I grew up, it was always white this time yeah. of year now because global warming it's mild so we don't have the snow that lights up from below so it's just so really dark but that yeah. leading into like why would we really care about something that's not a quote-unquote functional light or more like a, a mood light i mean we still want this to sort of be able to read a, read a story for your kids uh or whatever but it's not mm-hmm. made to be yeah like a lantern lantern. Uh, yeah. We have a Swedish word called mysbelisning, which I think we're one of the highest, you know, candle purchasers per capita in the world because we put these warm candles and uh, it's it's quite unique to the to the Nordic culture yeah. uh, and uh, how, how we use that. And we want to export that feeling <laughs> in this product. <laughs> so, so, so it's one of those tricky things to communicate in a video because like, uh, it's really hard to film someone like um, with a low light setting. Low, you really right. need to be a professional. So yeah. that was one of the tricky things. So, so we, we ended up doing like a fireplace and things that I, you get the feeling of what we want to go. And I think Per did a brilliant job pulling that together in like basically one week. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, that, that we had to sort of mood board that out a little bit. That's cool. Well, let, let's, I, we haven't even talked very specifics about this Kickstarter, but as of right now, when we're talking, you still have 25 days to go. You're over 516 backers, uh, almost at $150,000. I'm in US here, but that's a healthy amount of backers um, very early in the campaign. So what was, was there a metric that you were looking for to say, we are ready to launch though? We have X amount of email addresses or enough people are interested in it. We have enough comments. Was there something you were looking for to say outside of the dates? I know you mentioned the dates of like Black Friday, Christmas, you know, what were you looking for to say, you know what, even though we're in this time period, we actually have enough data to say this is going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I, I, after running two campaigns, you get asked these kind of questions a lot as well from other people thinking about crowdfunding. And, uh, you know, my number one thing is like, how big is your pre-campaign community and what's your expected conversion rate from that community? That it, that needs to kind of fully fund you the first day for the mechanics of a campaign to work as good as possible. Yep. That's what I've seen from every campaign that I've been involved with. And uh, the conversion rate, I mean, we have... Uh, 14,000 Instagram followers and similar amount uh, email follow, like uh, list. Um, th- to my expectations, to get to 500 backers from that would be feasible. Uh, and then we did a quite big push to get uh, media talking about it, getting it in the hands of some key media uh, to have some additional push there. And also I have good relationships with Kickstarter. So I, I talked to the leads uh, at Kickstarter about the projects pre-launch. Those three aspects, are, I think, are crucial to build uh, the momentum you need to to, to get people excited. Yeah. Um, 
to be honest, the conversion rate from our own following that has been pretty strong running previous campaigns was lower than expected, mm. I would say. Uh, the, the conversion rate from press was lower than expected, I would say. Yeah. The conversion actually from my engagement on people on LinkedIn was a bit higher. Mm. <laughs> but that was the... Uh, but uh, because I never used that as a kind of channel yeah. to talk about these things. Right. Uh, but... Um, the 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 thing that that made the biggest difference was how well we were um, uh, promoted by Kickstarter in the sense that we were featured in their newsletters and stuff like that. That's cool. Uh, so um, uh, that kind of saved the lack we got from what we were planning from our own uh, efforts. It was right. kind of balanced from that that worked better than previous campaigns. That's cool. Uh, That's cool. So so all in all, we were pretty much hitting like to me a goal was five hundred actually. Uh, because that's a, a typically like the smallest MOQ of a product that you can get. Uh, I think with Lightspeaker, our MOQ is probably higher. So we still have to sort of fill out the gap to a thousand or whatever with other things to, to actually have a, a real the business case with production. And uh, so our main goal for this was covering these really expensive aluminum tooling uh, when sure. we put up the, the goal for the campaign, because that was still hard for us to do. Um and um, uh, so that, that, that I had that mental budget of, so now that we passed that, uh, I'm interested to in learning more about how there's a lot of tools in terms of Facebook ads and targeting, yeah. and it's a big world out there. Can we do start doing these things less growth hacky and more on brand? So yeah. uh, next couple of weeks, we're going to try to do some more Facebook ads in terms of uh, that are not just like, oh, this it's a new Kickstarter thing. It's like a little bit more messaging that are ours uh, uh so, yeah. so i'm interested to get rolling with that to to see um how we don't have a cmo in our company and we don't have someone with an ads background so that th- those things are typically left a little bit unmanaged so sure so uh, sure. I mean, now that we run the first stage of the campaign well yeah. I'm, I'm interested to engage more energy in those topics gotcha gotcha so you know once this campaign ends money comes in what starts your guys's process to get these into backers hands especially with who knows what the delays may look like uh, from the world, right? But like, what do you guys start to do to, to get this going? I mean, the, the groundwork is really like a long groundwork. And we know from previous products, the, our last Kickstarter was hugely delayed. And uh, that the main delay from that was that China just shut down a lot of uh, driver suppliers. They were not, uh, judged mm-hmm. as noisy. So we had like over half of the suppliers being shut down uh, that we had on our list. And it's not many Kickstarter ba- campaigns that have a list of suppliers. Most have right. like one. Uh, right. And uh, so that was a lot of groundwork getting there because we knew making white rubber in the driver for the product would be really hard. And we mm-hmm. had a really hard time getting someone uh, making drivers wanting cleaning out their tools to make that white version. So, right. so uh, when our supplier, after all that work was shut down, we had huge problems finding a mm-hmm. new one. And there was other aspects like aluminum frame is also tricky, non-typical electronic product thing. So, yeah. and glass and the glass parts that we do uh, for that product, um, uh, we harden them like so they become this broad, you know, hardened glass. Yep. The rollers in the glass ovens are so big; they're made for bigger sheets, like uh, you know, windows. So yeah. the parts fall between the rollers going into that oven, hardening it. And I mean, that's a multi-million dollar investment, those ovens that we couldn't solve that by ourselves. It had to be done on the supply side and that limited right. our options that delivered our products over a year, those two things wow. alone. So it's almost impossible being 100%, if you're not like um, 
I mean, Apple's products are delayed, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> right, right, go, right. I'm, I'm yeah. focus on them, but like, <laughs> yeah, it is hard it's making hard hardware it. out there. Yeah. And you can't do it all by yourself. You are dependent on suppliers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, so th- that's obviously true for any product that we make. And so we try to eliminate as much of that in this product as possible. Uh, but there's still, I mean, until I see efficient daily output from production, I know it's not. we're not done. Right. And it's... Uh, having nominated suppliers and having people you work with before lowers these risks, but they're still present. Yeah. So, and then how about just for you guys in general, like a five-year roadmap, what is it that you guys are like hoping to achieve in terms of, are you going into other spaces of like, Hey, we really want to go into, I don't even know some other space at some point outside of speakers and lights and lanterns. And that's, you know, this sort of world that you're in right now, what do you guys kind of envisualize like five years from now? Uh, it, it, we we are super ambitious <laughs> when it comes to that, and uh, uh, um, uh, it's it's. Um, I think one one thing we will really focus on next year is circular services that I was touching on, like yeah. really like proving to people that apart from making products that last a lifetime, that we're actually here to support that business model in, in a much more clear sense. Right. Uh, and uh, so that's that's a big topic for next year. You're going to see more speaker products from us for sure. Uh, there's more speakers that we feel that we need to do before we have this kind of iconic uh, permanent collection that we're going for. Uh, but apart from that, we are uh, really interested in looking and expanding to not just doing sound. Um, so so I can't go really into any details yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, details. I'm, just... I'm that, those, those things as a, as, a, as a kind of company visionary are obviously the things that makes me most excited. I can sure. already see uh, in my head how it's going to look like. And then it's just a lot of hard work getting there. <laughs> That's nice. Well, let's let's wrap up with a quick lightning round, and then uh, I'll get you on your way here. But um, and this will be have nothing to do with Kickstarter, nothing to do with crowdfunding, nothing to do with your product. So, what have you been watching uh, in the streaming services lately? Netflix, Hulu. You know, you watch anything uh, we right don't now? Have all of Sweden. Uh, I mean, obviously oh, VPN these days we can solve most of those issues. But like, yeah. uh, I, I watched uh, Queen's Gambit on Netflix yeah, with my wife. I just I finished just that too. Very impressed by how uh, how could you make chess. Exciting for so many hours. Uh, <laughs> I know. I mean, the 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 visual uh, aspects of that movie, yep. like yes, it's great. Uh, the art direction and there's so many like vivid color palettes that mm-hmm. you just like this house and as a design background person, I could I could have this as paintings, you know. Yep. Uh, so I was just like the craft that went into that series and the performances, also of the actors, were just. Um, Kind of mind-blowing. Uh, yeah, it was so great. That, so hope, I mean, we're in this golden age. Uh, fortunately for everyone being locked in their houses, we're in this golden age of TV production. It's yeah. just that and The Mandalorian together. Just, yeah. You know, how spoiled am I? How can I ever complain? <laughs> you know, yeah. I can go into these worlds like weekly yeah. and, and yeah. you know, enjoy them with my family. And yeah. the same goes for the kids, like making educational programming so accessible that it is today that we can... Yep. Watch all you like. I, I got my kid, like my four year old, excited about. We have this uh, excitement about all these uh, interesting scientific topics now uh, because there's so good children programs around it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so um, yeah, spoiled uh, with that. And like, how is cinema going to come back after this? You know, I know it'll be you interesting. Know, like, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. How about, uh, how about a book? You read anything right now? 
um, I, I usually, I'm one of those, I had two friends reaching out saying like, what books should I buy for X? Because I'm known in my group of friends as someone who reads a lot. And, uh, you know, my intellectual self-image is really <laughs> ruined uh, because this year I'm working from home uh, and, uh, um, you know, with two small kids. And I, I got like one or two books done. The last one was... Um, from uh, the actually the founder of Kickstarter, um, um, Perry Chen, ideology, uh, yeah, Jancy, and uh, mm. <laughs> what's the book called? Uh, um, I, I can't remember the book title. I know the concept that he kind of grown out of this is called Bentoism, and, and it's about mm. like really looking at a desirable future uh, and, and thinking about like both on a personal plane, but it's also helpful actually for company builders. Uh, how how we get there uh, yeah so uh i think that book is a is a book that i recommend a friend of mine made a great sustainability book um uh so it's it's called uh, exponential uh environmentalism or something so, like that mm. uh, translated but really looking at tools uh you know making um all this exponential talk accessible to sustainability agendas that's cool. uh, and and that but it's in swedish unfortunately so maybe yeah. your listenership won't <laughs> <laughs> totally have to find the transcript I, I haven't really finished that book yet but that's another book that i i would like uh that's on my reading list very cool very cool how about podcasts you listen to anything right now in the podcast world um yeah i i um I, i'm really like um because podcast has become more accessible over spotify it really made me jump in i'm I, it's a lot more like a smorgasbord in the sense that i i rarely listen to one but mm -hmm. I've heard a bunch of them. Uh, I listen to maybe one or two a week uh, that I try to listen to the entirety. Yeah. And they're mostly about um, sustainability generally yeah. in manufacturing or like I'm a nerd on those topics. So that's where I really like, I love hearing like Ikea talk about their challenges in a specific sure. material. Or, yeah. uh, so they're, they're not humoristic. Uh, and I, I think... I should really be looking for something that makes me laugh more as the next step because uh, it mostly just makes me hard to go to bed and I stay up three hours to sleep too little because I'm like, okay, is this how, how <laughs> yeah, trying to save the world when you go to sleep is not the, the best idea. Sure. No, no. All right. My, my last one's going to be around, is there like blogs or article, like, like websites you go to consistently just to help with like digital marketing or startups or entrepreneurship that you're just like, man, I, there's great resources here. Yeah, I mean, uh, go, going in, into to this uh, uh, last uh, Kickstarter campaign, I was actually participating in something called Launch Studio. I'm not sure if you know what it is, but it's mm -hmm. kind of a masterclass for Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, it's the it's uh, one of the co-founders of it is the previous head of design and tech at Kickstarter, and there there are a bunch of video assets there and and, and classes basically uh, with. And it's just like I've probably gone through like 22 or 50 lessons, wow. having quite a lot of experience myself. I don't pre pretty much don't need all of those lessons, but like I'm just impressed by, you know, uh, I, I had the troubles of guiding other people before. And now I'll, I'll, you know, there's this foundation. This is the bachelor degree in Kickstarter knowledge, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and if you do all this well, wow, like I can't teach you that much, actually. So I've I done 22 lessons in that format. And uh, I think that I'm really happy to see that that's really necessary because now there's all these 
services around crowdfunding and it becomes quite easy to be distracted and over-focused yeah. on Facebook ads or yeah. left, right, and center. I think the main focus should be building a pre-launch pre, pre, uh, pre excitement and community around yeah. your solution. Uh, but this, this covers a lot of other grounds in terms of structuring it and, and making it economically feasible for a founder to actually fulfill the campaign, which is yeah. also a tricky bit. Totally, totally. Well, where can people dive in more? How do they get into your world, reach out, learn about your products if this is the first time they're hearing about it? Most people these days follow us on uh, our Instagram. Uh, and, uh, you know, just write Transparent Speaker on Instagram. You'll find us there. And uh, our website, Transparent.Rent, you can sign up for our email, uh, which is um, uh, also we try to, to, to provide some interesting content. Uh, so those are two good channels or just, you know, come and back us on Kickstarter and be part of that journey, which is going to be very, very exciting to follow, I'm sure. Awesome. Martin, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. I know it's busy here in the middle of a campaign, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, great conversation. And uh, as somebody who used to own recording studios and loves audio, I'm all about the speaker world, man. Uh, yeah. Um, and I just moved into a new house. So I'm thinking about where, where am I going to put cool speakers? So this might, might have to go to the top of my list here. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, let's, cool. let's, uh, let's get your studio hooked up. Uh, yeah, all right. definitely. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to me. And it was great talking to you today. Awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. All the best. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody. I told you. I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. Martin, thanks again for your time uh, to talk. It was an amazing conversation. And I, I hope you guys felt as inspired as I was having it. You know, um, these guys are doing some amazing, amazing projects. And um, yeah, go pick up one of their, their projects right now. And even if you can't afford it or you don't want to get it as a Christmas present for somebody or whatever it might be, you know, at least, you know, put a dollar in and, and be a gawker backer. Support the campaign. And um, at least watch what these guys are doing because they're it's really, really inspiring design and inspiring stuff. So, all right, everybody. I got another interview for you on Thursday, so I'll be tuning back in, letting you know what's, letting you all know what's going up this week. Um, but why don't we listen to some Sugar People music? And uh, yeah, hope you guys are having a great day. I'll talk to you all later. When I Scars unseen, or
Sky.